You're listening to In the Family Way with your hosts, Eleanor Prado and Alexandra Tran. This podcast is about all things pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. On it, you'll hear short, uncensored information regarding starting a family. You may want to throw on some headphones because when we say uncensored, we mean uncensored. If you're overwhelmed by all the confusing and conflicting info out there on the internet and in books surrounding pregnancy, labor, and parenthood, stay tuned and subscribe. Hey everyone, it's Eleanor. I'm here by myself today because this is kind of a special bonus episode for our podcast. I had the amazing opportunity to be interviewed by a organization here in Texas known as Children at Risk. They are a nonpartisan research and advocacy organization dedicated to addressing the root causes of poor public policies affecting children. They're Main focus is on early education, health and nutrition, human trafficking, and just kind of all of the things that vulnerable youth are experiencing across the state of Texas. I was on the radio with them through a nonprofit public radio station known as KPFT here in Houston. It's 90.1 FM for the Houston listeners out there. And I downloaded that little segment. It's short and sweet. It's only about 10 minutes long. But I wanted to just share that with everybody here in case you weren't able to listen on the air. We should be back next week with our regularly scheduled episodes, more education. But I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Alex says hi. And um, yeah, we will see you guys soon, except not because this is a podcast, but I love you. Bye. Spider boy, king of these, weave your little webs of opacity, my panties made your crown. Next up, we have Eleanor Prado on the line. She is with Premier Doulas of Houston. Eleanor, are you with us? I am. Hello. Awesome. We are so excited to have you on today to talk about a few things. But of course, we Thank want to you. start with, um, I'm sure some may have heard the term doula, but are just unsure of what that might look like. So give us the doula 101. Sure. Yeah. So a doula is someone who provides um, support to people through education. Um, the type of doula work that I do is around birth. Um, so there's fertility doulas, there's birth doulas, there's postpartum doulas. Um, there's, there also are death doulas and all of that out in the world as well. Um, and divorce doulas and (laughs) things like that. But specifically regarding the work that I do, I do, um, birth work. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I provide education to people, um, through this transition into parenthood. Um, I act as their encyclopedia. I act as their guide. Um, And then also specifically as uh, in the birth space, um, I act as someone who can help provide physical comfort and emotional support kind of through the discomfort of labor. Um, The analogy that I will forever use is um, imagine that I'm your tour guide 
and you're entering into this foreign country. And you get to call the shots on like what you want to see and where you want to go and the things that you want to do. But when you have your tour guide with you, they kind of know like the hidden gems of things. And you don't have to bring along like all of your guidebooks and your language translation apps and all of that. So I am that person in the birth space and kind of mm. entering into this kind of medical space or this new space that you perhaps are not super familiar with. Seems like there's a resurgence of um, the significance of doulas and midwives in in communities, and in particular in African American communities, given the um, you know the dire maternal mortality rates that are going yeah. on. Um, can we talk a little bit about that historical significance and what that's looking like now? Sure. Yeah. So um, I think historically in America, and you know in most countries around the world, midwifery was the norm, mm-hmm. right? So we're talking um, out-of-hospital births, right? The majority of pregnancies are considered to be healthy pregnancies. And so, you know, there's not a lot of need for medical intervention, typically, statistically speaking, in a birth when you have a healthy pregnancy. Um, and then kind of medicine came in and like the new wave of medicine and pharmaceuticals and all of that. And birth, especially in America, transitioned over to a more hospital-based um, system. And, you know, we had, especially in, like in the South here in Texas, you know, we had a lot of the granny midwives, which were black women typically that were delivering most of the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were systematically kind of driven out of their profession by the medical industry. And so um, the culture shifted and changed and fear really started surrounding these outside of hospital births, right? And then um, birth became something that is, you know, oh, well, it's, you know, let the professionals do it. And so, you know, you typically in a home birth situation or out of hospital situation, you have your people who have like, you know, your family members and your friends and other people around you who have seen birth as well and are there to also guide you through that birth process. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now I think there's this, we're starting to see that there's this resurgence of midwifery and there's this resurgence of doulas, which are these helpers and support people in labor, because what we've seen is that a super medicalized model isn't always the best. And especially in America, um, you know, we have one of the best medical systems in the world and we rank 55 in the world for maternal mortality. Um, Out of the 11 countries that are considered highly developed, we're the last on that list. There are third world countries that don't have necessarily the access to the medical interventions that we have that have better maternal mortality rates than we have. Um, And specifically in the black community here, black People are, um, they are dying at a rate of three to five times than their white counterpart. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when we equal them out, you know, with education and, you know, socioeconomic status and all of this. We're not saying, you know, I think when people first hear that statistics, they're like, oh, you know, black people are dying at three to five times more likely. It's because they have a worse diet or it's because they're not as educated or whatever. But no, these statistics are based on the equalization of black people against white people. And so what we're seeing is that um, just like everything else in our society, it's, there's racism, right. And it's built on racism. And so um, 
when you're entering into that birth space, not only are you as a black person entering into a birth space where maybe a highly medicalized atmosphere Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the correct space to be because we are 55 in the world in our ranking, but also now having to face a racist environment, right? Where, you know, doctors have biases and they have racism that's kind of built it not only into the system, but into their own personal background and history. Yeah. It hasn't been that, that long since um, some medical students were actually trained that black women didn't experience pain in the same manner as white women. And exactly. so those are the types exactly. of things that are happening in, in hospitals still. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. What we're hearing is that, um, you know, black people are not listened to mm-hmm. and their concerns are dismissed as, Oh, you're just being dramatic. And Oh, you're, you know, that's not really what, you know, Oh, you know, black people complain more than white people. Right. So when they complain, we're not going to listen to what they have to say. Um, and it's really awful. And so as a doula, I mean, I am a white person. So mm-hmm. as a doula, um, I, one of my big passions is anti-racism and I understand, and I work with a lot of, um, like BIPOC brown and black clients, um, especially here in the Houston area. Um, we are white minority, right? And so, um, it's, I think all doulas in Houston should have this as one of their top priorities. But um, I like to consider myself like the white advocate in the room, right? Um, so that in situations, and I've experienced this personally, where same doctor that I had a birth with a month before with a white client, I'm now having birth with, with a black client is being treated differently, mm-hmm. right? I can be the one in that room to kind of advocate for their safety and advocate for what they are saying and make sure that the environment stays, mm-hmm. um, make, you know, make sure that they're heard. That's so important. And, you know, recently we're hearing a lot of, uh, even in the, the media, some high profile cases where uh, black women are, are speaking about their experiences and how they've had to really advocate for their, their, their health and the health of their, um, baby being born, such as Serena Williams, who, you know, mm-hmm. came forward talking about how she nearly died giving birth to her daughter because she wasn't being listened to in, in a manner that she would, that you would expect some one of her means. Yeah. And I mean, Beyonce came out and talked about how she almost died having mm-hmm. twins. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, she gave birth in Lenox Hill, which is like on the Upper East Side, New York City, one of the bougiest hospitals that exist <laughs> in America. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, you would think, right? Yeah. 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 Thinking so of, I think oh, like, go ahead. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you'll probably touch on it, but um, you're like, not just or beyond their voice, beyond being their advocate in the room. What are some? You sent me statistics that were interesting and kind of made me stop and think, um, but the use of a doula in labor, what else does that entail besides having an advocate in the room? Sure. Yeah. So um, they've done double blind studies that have basically proven that um, just by having a doula in the room, and this is someone who is trained as a doula, right? It's not necessarily like your friend who's like, yeah, I'm going to be your cheerleader and coach you on. Like this is Mm -hmm. someone who has some training and background, Um, But having a doula in the room reduces your chance of a C-section by 50%. Um, So right off the bat, you are already set up for, you know, potentially having a lower risk delivery. Um, Obviously, we can't guarantee outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my clients do end up with C-sections, right? Um, But, you know, with doulas, you have a 25% chance of a lower, uh, shorter labor, 
Um, there's a 60% reduction in epidural requests. There's a 40% reduction in Pitocin use. And Pitocin is one of those drugs that's used um, not only to stop hemorrhages postpartum, but also to increase contractions uh, for labor progression during labor. Um, and so, you know, just with some of these statistics, we're looking at lower intervention in labor. Um, and with every intervention, there's there's always benefits, but there's always risks, right? Um, I always like to talk about hospital interventions as tools. Each one has a benefit and each one has a risk, right? Um, and if we don't necessarily need them, then we don't necessarily have to use them because even with the benefits comes the risks. Right. And so, um, a lot of what we do as doulas, so like, how do we do this, right? How do we reduce C-section rates? How do we do reduce epidural requests? It's not just by education. It's, uh, you know, hey, this is what this is. You know, it's not just by cheering them on and telling them that they're doing a good job. A lot of our training is surrounding what are the mechanics of birth? How do you move in labor to kind of help facilitate a baby through the pelvis? Um some of the things that we do are troubleshooting. Okay, so you've been stuck at this one stage in labor for a really long time and you're experiencing pain in this one particular spot or like your contraction pattern looks kind of like this, you know, so then I'm thinking in my head, okay, that can mean that the baby's possibly in this position. So here are some physical things that we need to do. Here are some positions you can get in. Here are some things that we can do to kind of help move us past this so that we don't stall in labor so that you can feel that relief in your back or in your side that feels super uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, we're doing those things as well in labor besides, you know, just the, oh my gosh, you're doing amazing. Because <laughs> we're also doing that as well, right? Like, yes, this sucks. Yes, this is so hard. And yes, you're doing it, right? Um, we're doing both. <laughs> Where were you 20 and 26 years ago for me? Yeah, I, I know. I'm like, I don't know if a baby's in my future, but I'll keep the conduct around. We're, we're excited. We have our second annual motherhood summit through Children at Risk. So we I saw that on your website. Yes, it's tomorrow, April 27th from 10 a.m. to noon, just for anyone listening. Um, or if you yourself are curious, you can register on our website for free. But we dissect these issues and just talk about the health and well-being that mothers have and how this um, in the United States states has a direct impact on just livelihood in general. And so dissecting into these data points in Texas, the maternal mortality rates, um, just going to be an interesting conversation. I'm excited to tune in. Yeah. I think, you know, at the end of the day, the transitionhood into parenthood, the transitionhood, that's hilarious. The transition into parenthood is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like lots of things happen. The relationship between you and your family, your partner, you know, you and your kid, you and your body, you know, you and the outside world, your world, you, there's so much going on. And so having someone that can be there by your side with unbiased information, right? It's not like your grandma who has like beautiful intentions, but maybe her information is a little outdated, right? But like unbiased like support, I think is just so, so important. And I love that we, there is this resurgence of doulas and there is this look at midwifery again and low intervention birth and how can we kind of fix this catastrophe that's happening surrounding maternal mortality in America. Right. Thank you so much for coming on, Eleanor. Before you go, I was informed you have a podcast. If you want to plug to anyone listening, continuing. I do. 
yeah, so me and one of my co-doulas with our collective, Premier Doulas of Houston, uh, we have a podcast. Our podcast is called In the Family Way. Um, it is definitely adult-centered, like I curse like a sailor. Um, <laughs> so just keep that in mind when listening. But it's basically real information, real talk about the sticky, the messy, unfiltered information regarding parenthood, pregnancy, postpartum, all of those beautiful things. Well, I will definitely be tuning in and maybe talking myself out of parenthood, but I'm excited to hear. Thank you so much for coming on and we hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.